Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Uh, episode 76, The Umpire Chronicles. Brian Shackman, John Senecal, joined by Brian Kernick, uh, Commissioner of the Hartford Board of Empire, uh, Empires, Umpires here in Connecticut. And we just thought that in the wake of the, the Madison Baumgartner thing in the major league level, and then we just saw that viral video last week of... Viral videos? I feel like every week there's something right. popping up. Plus well, so the one guy and that really young kids, it wasn't really young kids, but they he, he basically postponed the game because the parents were brutal. And I was like, maybe it's time to talk about umpires. It was weird, though, because I feel like he was kind of 50-50 on that one. There was people like against him on that, and then there was people that were for him on that. But obviously, for someone to stop a game, and I know, Brian, you can talk to this, um, it's got to be pretty heavy for a guy just to pull out and be like, that's it. You know, I remember him saying something like, dude, you're out here arguing youth baseball strikes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you ever had anything like that? Uh, occasionally, yeah. I think um, generally at, at my level, the umpires I deal with, they've all got a pretty tough skin. And we do give them some uh, methods to tr- to deal with situations De-escalation. like that. Yeah, that's part of it. And part of it, too, is, you know, you really don't ever want to talk to the fans as an umpire. And you might see that on the Little League level, which I think this guy was a Little yeah. League umpire. But, you know, the, the levels I do at high school and summertime baseball, you really don't want to talk to the fans directly because that's not going to end any – and that's not going to end well. And usually what we'll teach our guys is to talk to the coach and say, hey, coach, you got a couple parents there who give me a problem. They're your parents. You're the home coach. You go take care of it before I have to take care of it. So we, we try to do that and avoid that that interaction with the, the, the parents. Although I did have one situation many years ago where a parent was just out of control. And you could tell his, his kid was playing second base and his kid was just embarrassed. And eventually the athletic director came down and asked him to leave. And the fans started clapping. <laughs> they were glad he was getting out of there. But again, I went through the coach who went to the athletic right. director. Who, who? Uh, well, who there's so many. The di- let me just re- like there's so many directions and gradations to go here. You know, not only like why why you want to be an umpire, where's the line, but also the difference between the pros and you know even college and high school, and then the youth level because there should be gradations. And I guess I would I would start with 
from my perspective, and John, you have you have a varsity athlete in your household, and you also have a a, a pretty you know youth baseball yep. right now. My kid plays club ball, but very low grade, like no showcase tournaments in my house or anything like that. I haven't seen anything severe, and now I've been I've been at the little league level and up. It's been about ten years now, and I've never seen it, so I can't speak to it. But I don't understand what leads a parent. Like a, a fan is one thing. You're at a pro game. The manager, man, there's millions and millions of dollars at stake in the pros. I don't respect some of the stuff that happens, but that's a different animal. Like on a Saturday afternoon, you know, when you're sipping your coffee, sitting at the field, like I don't get it. Yeah, when you say like, you know, quotes, there's nothing on the line here, you know, so what's the big deal? Um, I guess it's, you know, it's really hard to, to qualify and quantitate what they're meaning by nothing on the line because you know everybody wants to win like that's that's just life right I've coached little league I've coached all the way up through t-ball to where kids are dogpiling each other all the way up now to like the 13 14 year old and like you said Brian my my son plays varsity baseball and I would have to say that almost every single game and I'm guilty too as a as a, as a coach I've gotten on the umpires I've given them you owe me two calls now I mean I've so-called showed them up right because you know everybody's the best umpire out in the field right when you're not wearing the blue right everybody knows what the call is but I would have to say that there probably isn't a game that I have been to I could probably count on my one hand the amount of times where there hasn't been an issue either with a parent a coach yelling really? at an umpire. Really? A coach coming onto the field. Now, now this goes to all levels. Now, Brian, you're you're more of like the high school and like the upper yeah, amateur gen- ranks, generally right? Generally, we do the big diamond stuff, so we're not doing any of the exactly. But stuff, still, yeah. like a little bit more at stake. You start getting to state championships, sectional championships, that kind of stuff. Testosterone's building up as kids are getting older. You know, I've seen it where you know you have little league where there is legit kids umping games, thirteen year olds umping yeah. games, where an adult has walked right out there and been like. You got that call wrong, and the, um, it's like, and, the, and the umpire, a 12-, 13-year-old kid, is like, overturned it right away. Yeah. Just because, I would say, the pure intimidation factor. Of course. And the adult. <clears throat> so our Little League, now that I've gotten out of, has went, went to a policy where the coach can't go on the field. The coach has to, you know, from the dugout, say, you know, what they want to talk to the play about, and then the kid comes over or the umpire comes over, which I think helps a little bit, but still there's, there's a little bit of intimidation there. I, listen, I did intramural softball in college, and I hated it. I mean, I hate it. And my friends, I make one call, like four, even four outs a second. And, it, and it's just, you can't make, there's always going to be someone who's unhappy with whatever call you make. But let, let's just take a step back and, and look at this in a more organized fashion, Brian. We're talking with Brian Koenig, who is the chair of the, the Hartford Board of Umpires. And you're, you know people who, who umpire at the major league level. And, and so when you watch what goes on, where the umpire, it was good that he sort of came back and said I, that was a huge mistake. Madison Baumgartner, he clearly was checking his hands but never looked at his hands, was just staring him down. It was weird. It was weird, but it's also sort of new that there's a line that Baumgartner wouldn't cross, so he just abused that line. And so I just want to know how you – and the, listen, there's – umpires get – they get worse – they get a lot of – a lot. I mean, from Angel Hernandez on down. We just saw, uh, you know, a week ago, you know, Cora and Ploiecki got kicked out over balls and strikes. And so I just, how do you view, because to me the progression is, is it worse than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago when you started? Like, how do you view the majors? So the majors took a big turn toward being more difficult to umpire with the advent of replay. I mean, that just cha- that's a game changer. But the thing that kills me is you'll get a call, a coach will challenge it, 
You'll go to New York. New York will tell you what the call is. You'll go back and make the call. And then the umpire starts arguing with the guys on the field. I'm like, I didn't make that call. New right. York did. So the fact that every single – I mean, you know, when I was a kid growing up, it was the Saturday game of the week with Joe Garagiola and yeah, Tony, Tony Kubek. Kubek. And that yeah. was it. That's right. And now every single game is televised every day, and there's nine or ten different cameras at every game, and there's replays. So they're under so much close scrutiny. It's just – it's a very – pressure situation and I think that tends to build up a little bit on the field and a lot of the, the a lot of the major league umpires will tell you it's about respect they just want to be respected you know if, if players and coaches can argue with them but when they cross that line of disrespecting them that's when they have an issue but this macho guy code crap I hate it yeah, like, yeah. It, all these unwritten rules back in the day it just sort of happened and developed but now there's all this list of rules you have to not follow or follow. It wasn't like that 50 years ago. They It was organic, and now all of a sudden you have to follow these things. So I find this sort of like artificial leave with your shoulder crap I think is garbage. Yeah, it's almost like it's a, a, like a tension between, you know, uh, the umpires and the players that, you know, uh, like Brian and I have talked to this before, like a coach, you know, how do you, how do you control a bunch of millionaires, yeah. billionaires yeah. almost, you know, yeah. and then, you know, you're, you're looking at this umpire who may have all the credentials in the world, but he's just to them could just be this regular guy who just, you know, who's had one job to do and he couldn't do it then. And then that's it. But you know, the, the speed that the, the game moves at, at that level is just insane. And it's amazing when it comes to balls and strikes, especially how the, how the umpires get it right so well, so well. And then when they do miss it, it's end of days, like you saw with the Red Sox. And it right. seems to be like it's always some huge, crucial crucial situation. Now, we might have missed a call earlier in the game, but you always miss that one when the bases right. are loaded or something. If it's an inch off the corner in the Yamika strike zone, like all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you're a horrible umpire. It, it, a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, it, you have a split second – but I like I don't like replay. I don't I, I like human error. Like I don't like replay in football. I don't like it in baseball. And I get it. We have the technology to do it. But it does put umpires in an impossible situation. So that it begs the question: Do do you think that we are going to end up with robots? I God, I hope not. I, uh, it's possible. I it's been tried at the at the lower minor league levels. I think the Atlantic League tried it, and there were there were issues with it. So I don't. I don't see that happening full time. It might be brought in as a supplement, maybe, but I think once you take the human element out of it, then I, you're probably going to lose fans. Um, I would think so. Yeah, I think with technology nowadays, you you could still have the umpire behind the plate, but you know, with the pitch com now, with the pitchers and the catchers are using, there's got to be an instantaneous some sort of way that the umpire could get a beep in his ear as a strike or a beep in this ear that it's a ball yeah. that they could that, that they could narrow it down. Now, I, say not all pitches, maybe it's you know only on three two pitches or something like right. that crucial pitches, or you know a button gets pressed in the dugout and the and the and the coach wants to challenge that three two pitch. Now this gets kind of crazy because you know then then that takes all the fun out of the game really because you just you know walked off and got off the field now you got to challenge a pitch, but technology is there so you don't necessarily just have no umpire behind the plate. Right. You could pull it off I think with umpires behind the plate and almost probably do it without any fans even knowing to be honest yeah. with you. You know yeah, no, you'd I, have to tell them. But yeah, you there's do- probably something where they could have a little earpiece in but, and but but I just I, I, that to me that would just take the fun out of the game like. I tend to be more of a purist. Yeah. And with all this technology and 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 just the whole sabermetrics or sabermetrics thing and all that, it's just you know, put nine kids on the field, throw them a bat and a ball, and go play. I know? agree. I just feel like the genie's out of the bottle. So what do you do? I I, I totally agree with you, Brian. But I guess what I want to go back to is because I want the strike zone bigger. Like I loved it in little league. Sometimes it's ridiculous, but it's like if it if it doesn't hit them. 
and the catcher has a chance to catch it. It's a strike, and it just forces you to swing. And now with these guys have their eyes are so good. These these hitters. I yeah. mean they 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 take some pitches that I'm like, how do you take that? And and so I wonder because I, so I feel like there's been a move to broaden the strike zone, but this is why we're getting te- in my opinion we're getting tension not just for technology but also this effort to widen the strike zone because players aren't used to it. Yeah, it's it's funny at the at the amateur level and the levels that I do, the strike zone isn't as tight as what you'll see in the majors because you could be there for three hours, you know. Right. So you, you, we call it you got to steal strikes when you can. High school strike zones are pretty tight though. It's, the, it's, high, it's yeah, very as you impressive. Get up, yes, as you get up, they are. Um, the lower levels, they're not. But yeah, you know, we I used to teach the new umpires years ago in the training class, and we used to tell them you can get in more trouble for not calling strikes than calling strikes. And it's when you start squeezing the pitchers that you're going to have issues. But you're right. At the major league level, there's some pitchers like that pitch was right there and he called it a ball or and then but when it's three inches off the plate and he calls it a strike, like you said, the whole world erupts. So it's 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 a it's a hard it's the only job. And the best quote I can tell you is the only job where you have to start perfect and get better from there. <laughs> and it's just it's it's almost impossible. But uh, yeah, I just I, I want more balls in play. And so that's why the saber the shift and I, I think they should widen the strike zone. I think that they should get rid of I mean, it's hard when someone's throwing 100. I understand the arm pads, but it gives them this false sense of protecting the the inside of the plate, which I think is garbage. And then if he comes to – like there's fights started over a pitch that's two inches inside the plate. Yeah, because they're hanging over the plate. I just – I don't know. I, I think that it's on a trajectory that – for the majors, which it, I don't like. And in college is even there too. So, like, I'd rather watch high school baseball or even, like, the 14s and 15-year-olds because at least – yeah, they're going to hit. Listen, we're talking with Brian Kernick, who is the uh, commissioner of the Hartford Board of Umpires. John Senecal, Brian Shackman here on Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Which brings me to like, is why do you become an umpire? And and, and I say this with all due respect because I've I've done some umpire. I coach, I volunteer coach, and so on and so forth. Is it just because you love the game and want to be close to it? Because you're only going to get abuse. You know, you. I mean, we all clearly aren't good enough to keep playing. So, like, what? Why? That's a great question, and I don't know. It's just, it's just ingrained in people. And and I've seen a number of guys come and go over the years, and they some people come in and they think it's a part time job. Oh, I'll go umpire for a couple hours and I'll make a few bucks. And if that's the way you're going to approach it, you're not going to be successful, and they don't last very long. It's just. I don't know. What makes anyone want to become a sports official? Not just baseball, hockey, basketball, anything. <laughs> yeah, it runs 100%. the gamut in all sports. Yeah, I mean, and, and to me, the some of the, you know, the Olympic events, like how do you become a lacrosse official? How do you become a swimming official? Like, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey are, are mainstream, but so it's it's odd. But I know in my situation, and you're going to laugh, when I was a kid, I would watch those Saturday games of the week on TV. And you remember the saucers used to slide down the hill on when mm-hmm. in the snow? Oh, yeah. I would stand at the TV with that as my chest protector, and I would call balls and strikes. Oh. I was maybe five years old. So it was just ingrained in me that I started to do that as I got older. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought it was cool, and I just stuck with it. But I don't know why people get into it, especially nowadays. And to go to your point with the Little League umpires, and they're using you know, 13, 14, high school-age kids. Yeah. And so we generally try to get those kids when they turn 18 to come join our organization and continue on. And we're not as successful with that because they're just throwing in the towel. They're like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get out here and get screened Yeah, because a lot else. of them probably were doing as a job. Their parents said, you know, it's in yeah. town. You'll yeah. go do it. You get the training. You get a few extra bucks. And when they get the chance to not be under their parents' wing or whatever, they're like, I'm not going to sit here and get yelled at. Now, when you started umpiring, you said you were younger. Did you start doing Little League games and that yeah, kind of so stuff? Yeah, so when I was Little League age, I started doing, like, the little kids. 
And then, so I was like 11, 12, I started doing the seven, eight-year-olds. And then when I, as I kept going up the ladder, I would move up the ladder. So when I was like 13, 14, I was doing Little League. When I was playing Legion baseball at 17, 18, I did the Bay Ruth Leagues in town. And that's how I met someone on the Hartford board who got me to join. So it's, and, and it progressed up. Um, but we're just, we're not seeing that progression from the kids getting into it today. Well, that was my next question. So it, it's hard to get, sorry, you want to? No, go for it. It's hard to, hard to get new umpires. Yeah. yeah it's like we, you don't see any electricians under 60 now. You don't see any umpires. That, and that's either. a great point. A couple of years ago, I ran a study in the average umpire age on our board, and we had around 175 members was 62. So that was about four years ago. So now those guys are 66, and we're not getting the influx of younger members. So well, it's going to be a crunch in the next as five a parent, to 10 I'll years. tell you, kids don't want to go through. Uh, I hate to say this, and there are obviously millions of exceptions, but kids, the like knowledge acquisition is a struggle with some kids. They don't want to go through the process. They don't want to go through the toils of learning. It probably doesn't pay. You could sell a, f- a football card. You know that you bought for two bucks for for twenty five bucks. So you made twenty bucks there. That's that's a little league game right there. So like, why would you go do it? I it, it bumps me out. I, I love my children and I love kids, but I I feel like the, the I wouldn't want to umpire just because I it's like why would I take the abuse? But I I think that the, the the different generation is part of that. Yeah, I I told my son, and I mean you're not going to want to hear this, right? So <laughs> I told okay, my, we're, we're my, my son my son's sixteen, right, and he. He started refing uh, youth soccer like th- two or three years ago. And good money, very low conflict, very low conflict. And I, I attribute that to more of like the field's a little bit bigger. You know, the parents are a little bit more isolated. Where like you get onto a little league field, you know, and I, he said, well, maybe I'll do little league umpiring. I said, you don't want any part of that. I could, you just don't. I'm like, you're just, you're too, it's, you're too under a microscope. You're just, it's, it's too focus where soccer is a little bit bouncing around a little bit more things are messing around in the corners where that one strike you didn't call you know everybody knows even if the ball was off the plate and they're sitting on the side and they can't tell they know that's a strike in their head they're that's a strike and, and baseball that, is like 250 decisions a game where soccer's it's like crazy 20. it's crazy and you know i it's he would be good too he would be very good and i i always say you know i always say to my it's funny i'll go you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go ump and show them how it's done you know, because I mean, that, that that the ball was clearly foul, or you know, the old play where the ball beat him to the base and he's automatically out, but he slid under their tag by four feet. You know, you see that every single yeah. game in yeah. in Little League, every game. It doesn't matter if it's an adult or a kid doing it; it yeah. just happens. And every coach I can see him, they're like, "No, why did you call that? The ball just beat him. It doesn't mean that he's out. The ball beat him." But like, I've kind of grown to accept that, right? To the point now, I'm almost glad I'm out of Little League because the game speeds up a little bit. The umpires get a little bit better every different level. Now, you have games where you see the umpire showing up and you remember them and you're like, oh boy, here we go, right? And some guys are kind of just mailing it. And then there's other guys who spend all the game talking to the fans, which you say you shouldn't do, right? Because what happens when you start talking to the fans and something goes wrong, there's a very weird relationship there, right? So it's... um. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised one bit that we see all the stuff that we see on TV. And Brian, you, like you said, I, it's probably been happening for years, but with social media, it's way more prevalent because you see it. Um, yeah, I mean, the prevalence might not even be higher. We don't know. Right. It's probably yeah, just been the yeah. same. I mean, like today, for example, I've got 45 games going on in the Greater Hartford area high school games, varsity, freshman, JV. I might get one incident where someone had a bad call and someone yelled at him, but that's you know one out of 45. So. 
there's thousands upon tens of thousands of baseball right. games being played every day, but we, we might see one or two blips on social media. Do they only file reports when something bad happens? Uh, they're only required to file a report when there's an ejection. Okay. And in high school, ejections are taken seriously. The coach or the player automatically gets a two-game suspension. Yeah. Um, it, it goes to their principal. It goes to their athletic director. If they're an employee of the school, it goes in their personnel file. So high school's yeah. high school's nice. The summertime and this travel baseball, it's the wild, wild west. Yeah. You, know, you get a team coming in for a tournament from Long Island, and the, the father's coaching the team, and he goes nuts on the umpires, and you'll never see that guy again because he's playing baseball in Long Island. So yeah, you made a that's an excellent point. Yeah. Right, I shoot a lot of different sports, and I was I was shooting soccer this weekend, and it's shooting uh, for people listening at home. It's camera a video. Guy, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not in the woods or anything. <laughs> um, but youth soccer team from out of town, not high school related, and the the amount of disrespect for this referee was insane. I mean, the f bombs from the players to him, the Get your you-know-what out of your what. What are you, blind? I mean, it, it, it didn't stop to the yeah. point where the ref was just laughing at him. And to the point he was just like, I'm making the call. That's it. You know? And it's a different level, right? Because there's not as much. Dude, the team's gone at Massachusetts right after the game, right? No big deal. But it's learned from the sidelines. You sit 100%. up there and you hear it 100%. I, I watched a mother with a six-year-old kid and a husband must have dropped 15 or 16 F-bombs in a, in a, right, blah, 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 and the little kid's sitting See, right I have there to tell you, watching them. I, I hate to ch- ch- shift gears here, but that makes me really sad. And it's the same thing with racism or sexism or anything like that. The, the crap rolls down the hill from the top, which is parents and coaches. And I listen, I'm not perfect. I have some bad habits, and I know my, my kids, you know, Whatever bad habits, I'm sure, is it makes an impression on them, and that, and that just is awful. And it's true. You're right. It is true. And and it's true with all the bad things that happen in all of our society. Is that if the parent treats the the ref or the ump like that, the kid's gonna grow up thinking it's okay. Then he's gonna grow up to be a parent or a coach, and it's gonna be the same thing. So it's up to us to to at least within our own sphere to to break the cycle. I I just that's that's sad. Yeah, it is bad. But but you know, I'm glad to I'm glad I never knew that about the high school about, you know, you can get you get ejected and you it's in your letter and you get suspended. Yeah. I mean, that that's huge. You know, but I I I do feel high school sports is a different beast, but it's I'm in It's better than like AAU stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, course. I mean there's the CIAC in Connecticut, so there's a governing body yep. and yeah. there's rules and that. So but you know, summertime travel ball, it's just yeah. it's it's we call it the wild, wild west sometimes. Do you still love doing it? I do. I do. I uh I don't umpire as much as I used to because I'm doing all the assigning now. So I'm usually stuck at home on a computer right, for right, two right. hours a night. But I did a game last week and it's just for those two hours, I can f- turn everything else in the world off and just focus on what I'm doing at a at a sport that I grow up loving and yeah, it can be intense and pressure packed, but I've been doing it so long that I think I know what I'm doing now. So do you, it's just nice. It's a nice escape. Do you go blocker inside the shirt, or you hold the? the you don't. Oh do no, the, it's all. I mean, we we look pretty much like the major league guys okay. underneath the shirt. And, and all so that, yeah. give us got to give us a story or two. Like you ever get foul ball in the face, knocked out? Like give us some good umpiring color over the course. of How many years you've been doing it? Uh, this is my 36th. Yeah, year. <laughs> you got to have some epic. Anecdote. You ever call a no hitter behind the plate? Uh, I did a long time ago, yeah, and it was. It's funny because when you're in the middle of a game, the good umpires will say you don't even know what the score is. You're not even positive what the inning is. You're you're just, just into it, and you don't in. really care what the score is right. either. I don't care who wins. You just need the clicker to be yeah. right. And I was doing a game a number of years ago, and I knew it was the seventh inning, and the kids walked off, and I'm like, 
wow, that was a fast game. And I got back to my car, and it was like a minute, an hour and ten minutes. And they go, yeah, the kid threw a no-hitter. I'm like, I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. But anything, like, in your experience that's so – I don't know, I just feel like you've done hundreds of games. I mean, there yeah. must be something memorable. Yeah, I mean, you know, umpires getting hit is part of the is part of the job, unfortunately, behind the play. I mean, you know, you, you wear a mask, you wear a chest protector, you wear a protective cup. Catcher you ever miss on purpose on you? Not on purpose, no, but you get some lesser experienced catchers and you get dinged up uh, back there. You know, it's kind of part of the game. I did – so the, the guy the guy that got me involved in this, I was doing Berlin because I grew up in Berlin, Berlin Baby with baseball. He was behind the plate, and he took a foul ball off the arm, and I went jogging down to see if he was okay. And he had a lump like the size of a softball. And I'm like, that's not good. So he went to the hospital. He had a broken arm, and I switched up, and I took took over behind the plate. So it's kind of a hazard of the job that you know about going into it. There's not much you can do do, do about it. but uh, Never broken a bone or anything? I, no, knocking on wood, no. But, uh, you know, just, just some crazy stuff. You know, lights going off in the middle of a batted ball. Sprinklers coming on in the middle of a fly ball. Just, you know, because it's, it's amateur baseball. It's not the pros. It's not right. these beautifully groomed ballparks. It's, you know, wherever you are, you know, dogs running on the field, stuff like that. So it's, it's it, it keeps you on your toes, but it's you it keeps it fun, too. It keeps it genuine, yeah, I guess, too. I, I like your level better. You mentioned at the beginning that your main thing is don't engage the fans. How do you make it through a game? Now, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit different at the major league level because there's a lot of distractions, but you get to some of these games and you literally could hear a pin drop at these games. And I'm sure you've had a parent or something that just loves to ride you like a horse the whole yeah. game. How do you blank that out of your head? It's just it's just learned over time. Like You just have to have a thick skin and you can't let them bother you. Just I, I say to myself, I've forgotten more about baseball than this guy's ever known. So I'm just like, you know, he's, he's speaking from a position of ignorance just let him go. If it gets to be bad, then I'll go to the coach and say, "Hey, you got to take care of that guy." But it's just, it's just. I, I guess it's everyone's own personal point of boiling point, so to speak. And I just, over the years, I just, I just let it go. Like you can't, you just tune them out. You literally tune them out. And just for a funny anecdote, I did a game a number, a number of years ago with one of our older umpires, and uh, it was two Hartford schools, and they're, they're, it's a big rivalry. And a lot of the kids are Spanish-speaking, and we're not really sure what they're saying. And you know they're yelling at him behind the plate. And after the game, I said, Herb, how do you, how do you tune all that out? He goes, oh, I just – I turned my hearing aids down. I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's let's one just, way to do it. Let's just summarize here with Brian uh, Koenig, of course, commissioner of the Hartford Board of Umpires. We just wanted to bring a different perspective because – Again, there's been so much sort of umpire stuff, the viral videos and, and the news. I think the Baumgartner thing got me going on it. Um, where do you think the major leagues are going? Like, wh- Do you like the trend, not just in how they're treated, but also in the technology and all this stuff? Like, Where are we going? Because you, you talk about the need. It would make the game different and not as fun, but there's such a push by the data folks to make it more precise. So, wh- Where do you think it's going to end up? And and the other thing is you know, there's so much money on the line now. I mean – it used to be taboo to talk about gambling back in the day, and now it's out in the open. Yeah. So That's there's a, huge a lot of there's it. a lot of money writing on these games. So there's there could be a lot writing on that safe out call that that did he balk, did he not balk call? That's not reviewable, but you know things like that. So I don't see it ever going back to the way it was. If anything, there'll probably be more technology. You might see an attempt to incorporate some robo umps at the major league level. I mean, I, I think it's moving unfortunately in that direction. I don't think you'll ever see them get rid of, of the human element of it, but they'll they'll utilize technology to the best that they can because there's a lot, you know, like there's a lot on the there's a lot right on the game, a lot of money right on the games. Yeah, I think is, that yeah. now that sports betting has become pretty much universal across the country, I think that changes 
people don't recognize how much how much that changes the game. And I know I hate to say it, but remember how the NBA and I can't remember the ref was Donaghy, Tim Donaghy. Yeah, he basically just changed the whole playoffs and all that. I mean, that brings a whole other element into it. Not to say it's going to happen, but listen. If, it, if the possibility is there, you never know, right? Yeah. I mean, I love Scott Van Pelt and his, his sports center, but he's got a segment called Bad Beats where every night he'll take a look at where someone lost money on the on, because of the point uh, the point differential, and, and sometimes it could be a bad call by the official. Sometimes it's just a bad play or, or something like that. So it's it's out there. It's prevalent. Yeah, that, go ahead. What is the role of the umpire at the field? Like, a lot of people will look at him as, like, once he gets there or they get there, they're like the judge and jury and everything. Because I've seen stuff where, like, you know, in high school, the athletic director is not around. And, you know, at the start of it, you know, there's a parent that's unruly or there's a coach that's getting out of control or they're barking with the players. And people are almost pleading to the umpires to do something. And the umpires are kind of like, you know, like. That's not my job. That's not yeah. my job. I'm here to call balls and strikes. I'm not here to corral all these people. You know, and at high school, sometimes there's six or seven different things going on and you can't get a, 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 someone over there to resolve it. You know, what. What is the role for people listening? Like, are you just there to call balls and strikes and get out of there and, and be and be done with it? Or that's a great question because we've run into that numerous times, especially this year. And I tell my guys, and we say, look, you're there for everything that happens between the white lines, okay? That's yours. And then within the fence area, you know, you can't control if if mom's screaming at you from the fence or you know, a couple of issues we had this year were coaches screaming at their own players, cursing at their own players. And the umpires would call me after the game, like, Brian, that's just bad. We you know what what can we do about that? I'm like, well, it's not really your role. I mean, your role is to officiate the game. You're not the sportsmanship police. Right. Um, but you know, you don't want to see that continuing. So, you know, maybe we'll send an email to the athletic director or something like that. But there's there's enough to worry about what's going on in between the white lines than to worry about some of the peripheral stuff. Right. So and, you're and- not responsible for stuff outside like because you're right, people look at the umpire as the one who's running the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, and you made a great point about the coaches, right? So, uh, my son played a game last week, and you know, the, sometimes the coaches get so intense, it's like cringeworthy. You know, they're they're lambasting a player, and it's so dang loud that the whole place can hear it, and you know that poor kid is sitting there, like you know, you're not gonna have thick enough skin to be able to just take that in front of everybody. You know, it's like you're up on stage and there's a spotlight on you, and it's like everyone in the stands is like, Ugh, you know, like a poor kid. And then you get ones where, like, I had one the other day where the umpire told the coach to get into the coach's box because he was standing right on the foul line, yeah. walking next to the player, totally just trying to distract the first baseman. Like, just you could just tell. Like, you just see a shtick. Really? It started, like, trying to steal signs. Then it worked into, like, every time the first baseman moved up the line, he was right next to him in his peripheral. It was just... just get over yourself. Right. Exactly. Oh. And the umpire told him, he said something to the umpire, like, can't shouldn't you be in the coach's box? And he said, yeah, I'm going to say something. He said something to him, and he literally just looked at him and just gave you, like, the big F you and went right along doing his thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's like, you know, things like that. It's like, what? But, like, I, he should be able to kick him out. Like, why can't Like, that, to me, that? the umpire should have been like, listen, you're not li- listening to me. You clearly are disrespecting me. Like, I've asked you to twice To me, that's, now. that's usually this fake macho code I don't like, but in that instance, like, screw that guy. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point, Brian. Ejections are a fine line. Umpires don't want to. They want to try and keep people in the game. Because that changes right? everything. Yeah, exactly. And especially a coach, you know, if he doesn't have another coach there, you have to have a certified adult, so the game might be over. Right. So we're not looking to eject people. We're looking to keep people in the game. And luckily, in high school ball, they, they the, the National Federation, which is the overseeing group 
for high school rules. They give us some tools to deal with. You can issue a coach a written warning. You can restrict him to the bench where he can't leave the dugout. And then you can kick him out of the game. So, there, so there's, there are a, some, there's a progression. There's a, there's a hierarchy, yeah. I guess I, I look at it as like a big strike zone. If you just call it and then people will adjust, they, they're they calling your bluff on those things. And if you just took care of business, then they wouldn't do it again, I guess. I don't know. That is a tough spot. You don't want to do – no one wants to do that. I mean, yeah. I, I just like, – can I get back to what you said before, John? I mean, it, it's it, it's a hard job. And I'm I'm a little bit sad that you're not getting more young people to try it because it it you, we need good umpires. You yeah, just, no, it's it's true, and I, I worry about the future of just amateur sports in general because it's not just baseball. Oh yeah, just Google, Google hockey hockey refs. You, Massachusetts having a tough time getting amateur hockey refs. They got to pay more. I mean, I, yeah. I, I I'm a market based guy, and I just think that if you want more talent or more applicants, it's there's a simple solution. Which is pay more money. And so 20, my guys will get on me for saying this, but what do you think a high school umpire makes for a varsity baseball game in Connecticut? I know they come right up looking for the check afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I know that, but <laughs> eighty-five bucks. Yeah, so it, Connecticut's one of the highest. I think it's the second highest in the country. They make ninety-five bucks a game. Ninety-five dollars so a terrible. game. Terrible. Well, you're there for three plus well, hours. Listen, there's there's no there's no time limit to a high school game. True. There's there is summer, a mercy, summer, there is a mercy rule though. They there put is a that mercy a rule. Yeah. Summer ball, you can be out of there in two hours. And, Gone. Like that's it. Yeah. My, I don't care how this game's going. It's two hours. Give me my money. I'm out of here. I've taken my abuse. Right? right. High school games, you could go 15, 20 innings. Right. Right. But ninety five yeah. is on the high end of the. Yeah, I think New York and Connecticut are one and two. I mean, there's there's some states down south like Alabama. Those umpires are still making forty five bucks for a varsity game. Now you also got to remember, right? This weekend, eighty degrees. Last weekend, thirty eight degrees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Standing there. Freezing cold. I'm out there coaching first base. I don't want to be there, right? You're making forty bucks an hour if you think about it. You that sounds like good money, but a lot of these guys probably just drove thirty five miles to do that game. You bring up a great point, and and, and baseball is unique in this way that um, so we we have we hold our class for our new umpires every year, and we tell them, look, you're going to have to shell out six hundred bucks up front just to get equipped and and get your uniform ready before you you know you have to work ten games before you make that back. Mask, chest protector, shin guards, short sleeve shirts, long sleeve shirts, jackets, pants, shoes to wear behind the plate that have steel toes on them. You know, you, you, it's a lot of gear. Yeah. Soccer, you can buy a rough shirt, right. pair of shorts, yeah, and a pair of bucks. cleats, and, and a whistle, whistle and, you're, and a red card, and you're good to go. <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> we need to get that stuff paid for by other people. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Brian, this has been great. Uh, just in terms of learning, for me, it, I just really, it's it's a part of the sporting culture in baseball that I haven't thought a lot about. And the major league arms are a little busy right now. So we, we really appreciate the time. Yeah, I'll, I'm just going to leave you with one more thought I yeah. had. Baseball is the only sport that I know of where the coach can come onto the field and argue. You can't do that in football. You don't see hockey coaches going on the ice. Basketball coaches take two steps on the floor, they get teed up. So yeah. that's I'd love to see that change. I don't think it ever will because it's just ingrained in the history of the sport. Yep. But if you think about that, and then these kids emulate what they see on TV and in the bigs, that's a big part of it. Huh. Yeah. Earl Weaver. Well, I'll tell you, I'll say it again. <laughs> I have been guilty as coach and parent of doing everything, but you know, I'm not I'm not fighting anybody in the parking lot. You know, it, it, it's not worth it, right? It's yeah, not well, worth it. But we've had those, those I will uh, too. I have definitely will tone down my rhetoric a little bit, <laughs> and yeah. I will give him a little I, bit more I, benefit of the I doubt. I see John is sure. a little on the edgy side. I just keep my mind. I don't even talk to other parents. I just sit in the corner and, and just watch, and then and then and then go home. But it, it's it's uh, it is definitely a topic that everyone can relate to. So, uh, Brian Kernick, 
We thank you, the Commissioner of the Hartford Board of Umpires, John Senecal, Brian Shackman. This has been Episode 76 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.